Hi, I'm Nigel the Shanghai Psychic. I can tune into your loved ones in the spirit world, but I can also tune into you, tell you about your path and the choices that you need to make and need to know. I'm currently giving 30% discount on all Tell Craig Your Story listeners. Just use a code Tell Craig Your Story for 30% off your first psychic reading with me online at Nigel the Shanghai Psychic. Craig here, welcome to another edition of the podcast, Tell Craig Your Story. And for those who are counting, this is episode 98. So we are two episodes away from our 100th podcast. It's very, very exciting times. And if you're wanting to vote for the person who you would like to hear for the 100th podcast, it's a big celebration. Please vote in the WeChat or on Facebook. We also want to give a big shout out to Yanran who has delivered this great Tall Craig Your Story podcast theme song. She currently has a new single out at the moment. You can go to our websites as well as her websites uh, to follow the links there. And you can also check out the podcast I did with Yanran in 2020. It was episode 5. And to everybody that's in lockdown here in Shanghai, I uh, hope you're staying safe. Today we'll be speaking to Julie Popelka. Now Julie was born in Chicago, Illinois. She grew up in a very musical household and she played in some local bands before she moved to Houston, Texas where she was a music teacher there and then moved to Shanghai in 2018 to be a music teacher. Now Julie is the founder of the business Pops Gaming which started up in January 2021. Now Pops Gaming has brought in a massive community of folks both on online and offline and currently you can attend to play not only board games video games tournaments traditional chinese games tabletop role-playing games board games online now julie was also a part of someone the musical as well but before we go please go to our website we're at podbean tell craig your story at podbean.com we have a link tree there which tells you where Tell Craig Your Story podcast is streaming. We are on all the major streaming services. We also have VK for our Russian listeners and WeChat for our Chinese listeners. At Tell Craig Your Story. And we also have Little Red Book, finally, for our Chinese listeners who don't have a VPN. All right, here we go. This is my chat with Julie on Tell Craig Your Story podcast. Hi Julie, how are you doing today? I'm good, how are you? 
I'm doing good, thanks. Normally we'd be here in the studio, but due to Shanghai restrictions, we're in lockdown. So unfortunately we're online, but thank you very much for coming onto the show. Tell us the situation that you are in now. Yes, we're in the middle of week three of online learning. Yeah. Which is about the point where like the magic of it has worn off and the kids are kind <laughs> of a little over it. So it's it's tough. Fortunately, I haven't been locked out of my uh, locked into my apartment at all. Like I've had freedom to go move about, but everything is closed. <laughs> I'm out yeah. in Changning, so I've managed to avoid the most of it. But we're all in this mandatory lockdown for Pushi coming in two days. Yes. I don't know where are you right now. I'm in, I'm in that area as well. I'm in Shihui, so been locked down for eight days, and then I'm out, and then we're back in. It's depressing. I fought my way through a, a local, like, vegetable shop to get some essentials, and yeah, gym has closed down. I was going to the gym, and everybody else was locked down. It was amazing, but now everything's shut, so. How do you do with these sort of situations? Like, what what do you do? A, a good healthy amount of binging. Just went through Avatar The Last Airbender, preparing for hopefully a quiz eventually. Also, I had to get in Love is Blind Season 2. Come on. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, some Nintendo Switch games. I'd like to do a bit of reading, but yeah, I'd like to do a bit of exercise, but we'll see if it actually happens. Yeah. So, Julie, you are the creator, the founder of this online gaming and offline as well, Pops Gaming. Tell us just a little bit about that and how it all become tuition. It's Well, it started when I started playing D&D, Dungeons and Dragons. Right. Um, I'm more of a recent D&Der. I started playing during the pandemic, so when I got back to China in March... Me and some friends um, were able to meet in person and started playing every week. And <clears throat> it really, like, turned on my love for gaming. I always liked board games. Mm. And so we started playing more and more board games. And pretty soon we got tired of the the environments that we were able to find in Shanghai, which weren't very many. Um, there were some meetups that I've been to, but... It was just there, the places were dirty and there wasn't food. And so we kind of were like, you know, there needs to be a better place for this. And so my original goal was to try to work towards opening a board game cafe, which has since kind of changed a little bit. But to prepare for that, me and my friends decided to just do events, like to see if people would come. So back in January 2021, we, um, I thought, well, my birthday's coming up, so I can at least guilt people to come to my birthday party and see if people will get into this board gaming thing. So we, I picked a name, Pops Gaming, like, I went through every combination of words with nerd stuff and nothing really stuck, so I just decided <laughs> to go with Pops Gaming uh-huh. and created a logo and did all this within, like, two or three weeks because I really wanted to do it on my birthday weekend. Uh-huh. Um, so we like 
crammed forward and just did everything really quickly and put together a sushi board game event where you play board games about sushi at a sushi restaurant. It's really cheeky, but it, it was good. And we had like sushi. Actually, this is one of the like one of the prizes is like a little sushi mug, cat oh, sushi. Cool. <laughs> just really cheesy stuff, nerd memorabilia stuff for prizes and t-shirts and all that kind of stuff. And then I just started doing it every month. Uh, it started with just board games, but I wanted to do so much more. I started seeing other stuff going on in Shanghai. Inferno had um, some like video game nights. And so I, mm. I went out to a couple of those and met those guys and they're all really nice. And I told them, I just want to make more of this. I want there to be more opportunities for people to like gather and meet other friendly people chill people in a fun like welcoming environment you know because when you're gaming you don't really have to force conversation because you're always like trying to figure out the game and you're talking about the game and so it's a really really nice way to meet people where you don't have to feel like uncomfortable because you're always kind of like working on something together in like a natural way so was it you were saying before that there wasn't much before this so were there other companies doing this or was it just not, not not like what you wanted to do? You thought you could do something better or more original? There's certainly no companies doing what I'm doing as far as meetups, um, like themed events. Mm. There are chill meetups. I mean, people have met for board games at Cactus for ages. A friend of mine, Johnny, started that up a while ago. And uh, people have played, you know, board games at at other small meetups, but there's been no place where they've been specialty events. And I don't know, there's just something kind of missing. Like for me, it's the focus on it being a welcoming, friendly environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that I enjoyed the few times that I did go is that just board game people are really nice people. Mm. And so, but I tried to get other people to come and everybody's like, oh, board games, like that's really nerdy. Like, I'm not, <laughs> you know, like, so I wanted to kind of not make it more mainstream, but just add like sparkle, add flair, make it something that is more of like, a, oh, this is a, you know, a board game event for Pi Day, that's really weird, or Earth Day, or May the 5th, or what is it, May the 4th for Star Wars, you know, like some sort of catch that gets people to go, oh, that could be fun. And then once they give it a chance, board games, (laughs) or any type of games are really great for everyone. Like there's, there's a game, I can find a game for anyone, you know, there's so many different types. So yeah, I mean, the other, the only other places where you're gonna find board game cafes per se are so small and local based right you know they're they usually don't have food there's no games in english so i wanted to make something that would be kind of expat focused kind of expat friendly but bilingual enough so that if um locals were interested which like we're always trying to welcome more locals in yes. um, if they want to practice their English, if they want to, you know, they can find games and helpers who can either speak Chinese or can help them with a bilingual version of a game. So right. I'm always trying to bring people together, whether they're whatever nationality, you know? Yeah. 
And I was reading that you've already been your one year anniversary. Congratulations. Yeah. Who, would, who, who would have thought that? I know it's gone by in a flash, but also it feels like forever. <laughs> Obviously, it's growing a bit of a, a, a bit of a fan base as well. You're getting regular people coming in and enjoying it, right? Yeah, it's it started off with just like a WeChat group of 30 people of my friends. Yeah. <laughs> and then once we started doing especially like more events, other people started realizing, oh, okay, like, this isn't weird. It's fun. Um, So that's a big reason why I did. I started the video games in April, I believe, with Mario Kart, because everybody loves Mario Kart. It's great. (laughs) And and eventually went on to do like Mario Party, Overcooked, all this stuff. And it's wonderful. And then in, oh, we started pub quizzes in May? Um, We started... Who doesn't love a pub quiz, right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but I tell you, I'm trash at trivia, like regular <laughs> trivia. I don't know anything about the world, apparently. But so I've decided to do nerd trivia. Oh. So anything that people get extra nerdy about. So our first one was MCU, like phase one, two, and three films. And that was so much fun. Like the, pa- the place was absolutely packed. We went to Grand Yard at first um Grandyard bar and we just filled up the place beyond belief so then I started doing them at Mad Dragon and we get like at least 60 70 people if not more we've done Harry Potter films we've done Squid Game Lord of the Rings and we're getting ready for Avatar right crazy like that and how has this affected it have you just put it on hold for a while are you still doing online gaming during this period Starting to look at that, yes. Um, we started a board game arena group, which is uh, like kind of a niche website that has loads of board games that you can play online. So that has been fun. Um, that's been new. And we also started playing with doing like D&D one shots online, right. um, which is something people do already with their parties. People move around all the time and you're still in the middle of like an adventure. So, yeah, starting to dabble in that stuff. Also trying to keep my head above water because, you know, times are crazy. And it's I have lots of volunteers and helpers. But at the end of the day, I have to do a lot of the work that comes with, you know, the PR and the the management and the planning and all that stuff. It's it's pretty much all me. Yeah, um, right. But, you know, I'm fortunate to have a lot of volunteers who help at the actual events, which is Right. And I also saw that you were doing Chinese traditional gaming as well. How does that yeah. go down with like expats? It's oh, people <clears throat> love it. I mean, everybody knows mahjong. Yes. And the when we did this event last year, so we did it last February in 2021, and it got featured in Time Out Shanghai. And oh, it very just, cool. Yeah, it just kind of blew up. It was only my second ever event, and I picked a venue that was way too small because right. I was trying. I need we needed square tables for mahjong. Like you, oh, you yeah. really need a square table for that game because you have four people around the table, and if it's a big long like rectangle one, it's too difficult. Yes. So um, I looked everywhere, far and wide, in Shanghai for square tables, and uh, they're surprisingly hard to find. Right. So, 
we were in chill out and people loved it. But the thing is, mahjong sets are really expensive and really heavy. Right. So, you know, I don't really have like a massive budget for this stuff. It's just whatever I charge is the money that I have to play right. with. So I only bought a few sets of mahjong because they were so expensive. And then we added in all these other Chinese games to kind of like fill out the roster to give people something to do when like a mahjong set wasn't available. So we taught um, Wei Chi, which is also called Go. It's the board with like the black and white dots. And then we also taught uh, Shang Chi, which is Chinese chess which is similar to our chess, but has some crucial differences in it that make it really tough. Right. And, um, and we did Pai Gao, which is like a Cantonese poker with these like domino tiles and is really random oh, and weird, yes. but it's fun. It's fun. So people loved it. And then when we did it this time around, like everyone was so excited to play all the games, not just Mahjong. So I feel like people are starting to become more aware of what kind of games are out there People think like mahjong is crazy complicated, but it really isn't. It's just a, yeah. it's just a set collection game, like you know any other game. It's really not complex. Once you play it a few times, get the hang of it. Yeah. yeah. There that's are it. lots of different regional rules though, so that's something that we have to like decide on because Shanghai has their own way, Hong Kong has their own way, like everybody, Japan, Korea, they all have their own way to play, to oh. score mahjong. So you have to kind of like. Be careful with that. <laughs> Any getting like uh, like teachers coming in and volunteering as well, or is it just like again, is it expats that that know the game, or how, how does that all work? It's basically all my friends. Um, yeah. The the point of the events isn't to become experts as these games or to compete or to you know to beat everyone. It's just to have a good time yeah. and to to make some new friends because I mean, it's hard to make new friends as an adult, you know, especially if like you're single, you know, it's just, it, there can, it can be difficult. So I ask um, friends of mine who like games, but also who are just, you know, friendly, charismatic people who are going to bring the right energy so that as soon as people walk in the door, they know, you know, I'm safe here. I'm welcomed here. If I need somebody to talk to, I can ask them. Um, so, yeah, I've basically just turned most of my friends into these <laughs> volunteers. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, they they quite enjoy it. And, you know, it's they get into all the events for free. So it's a win-win. Yeah, all right. And I, I also see that you also go to the open mic nights as well. I noticed that you're very big into music. Uh, yeah, what, what do you think the, of the open mic nights in, in Shanghai? There's definitely been like a lull. The first open mic I went to was very open mic by, I don't know if you've heard of them, like VOM. It's called VOM for short. Um, oh, yes. With like Giuseppe and Sasha. Yeah, I loved those. And that was where I first started performing in Shanghai, like back in 2019, um, getting my feet wet with all that. And actually, it was the first open mic I went to where I met um, Ivan with someone the musical as they were putting that together. And so that, yeah, all that was kind of kismet, just meeting all those people. But 
yeah, Giuseppe's stuck in Italy, and so Vom is kind of on hiatus. So there's some things here and there through some of the musical. But, um, yeah, I don't get to play a lot anymore. I miss yeah. it. But also, I don't have time as a full-time teacher and preparing for this gaming business. Hmm. Yeah, hopefully I'll have some more time once I quit teaching. That whole Vom getting back to that that was the first chance they got to play at the Mal Lifehouse I mean that, that was amazing like the stage was huge and no, it was really cool so let's talk about let's go way back way back you know where you're from so I do believe you're from Chicago Illinois USA Windy tell us about living the Windy City that's it so when <laughs> I think when I think of Chicago I think of the Cubs and the Bulls and jazz and blues being very cold in the winter so tell us, what was it like? Pizza. Pizza? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Chicago's great. I mean, I I never, when I say Chicago, it's always suburbs. Like, I grew up on the south side, and uh, it was a great place to be because you can go right into the city for, you know, usually it's Christmas for the Chris Kindle markets and the, the Macy's Mall with all the puppet windows. And, yeah, I love Chicago in the winter, but also it's, way too cold (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I when I went to college and after college working I was always in the south either in North Carolina or Texas and that was a much preferred climate for a while because every time I would go home I would just be it just freezing my butt off yeah but it's it's lovely I haven't been back home in a long long time but when I do, it's it's a comfort. Growing up uh, with your your mom and dad, were they in the music uh, industry or the entertainment industry or in the gaming industry? Music, yes. Like my whole family did music. My, you know, we we grew up Catholic, so my mom was always singing at church, and my brothers were both in band, and that's how I, you know, I wanted to be like my older brothers, so I also joined band, and that that was my entire world really from being a a little kid to just a few years ago was music I I think it just goes back to that that welcoming friendly environment because band people they're so nerdy and they're so (laughs) they're so like you know defensive of their own people and you look out for each other and so when I joined band in fifth grade i I loved it. I loved the environment and everybody was just so fun and you always had a place to be. And so, you know, that that was my entire thing. Middle school, high school, marching band. Um, I'm a bassoonist, but bassoons. Right. <laughs> yeah, but uh, bassoons don't they don't march in the marching band. So I played <laughs> mellophone. Right. Wow. When you're joining these bands, what what instruments were you were you learning? At becoming a band director, we had to learn everything. I, I started taking violin lessons when I was really little, but we didn't have an orchestra in like, you know, South side of Chicago, like band programs are really big, not orchestras. So I was like, well, that's not fun. Just playing by myself. So I picked up the oboe in beginner band and played that for three years. And then my band director was saying, well, we need somebody to switch to bassoon and I really didn't like the other girl who played oboe. She was really mean. So I was like, I'll switch. And so I was by myself in the bassoon section. Right. Um, and then, yeah, that was my my collegiate instrument. That's what I did all my, like, 
juries and exams on was bassoon and I'm so glad I switched because bassoon is so beautiful uh do you do you know what I don't there's such weird instruments do you know like what an oboe and a bassoon is yes yes, yes. yeah yeah it's, it's not every day that you see you're seeing people play that yeah that, that's that's really really cool what was the music scene like growing up in Chicago just getting your opinion on what was it like what was the music scene Oh, the local music scene was absolutely vibrant. I'll, I I don't know how I failed to mention this, but I I was in a a rock band, I guess you could say, from freshman year in high school to like two years into college. So we kind of we were active for about five six years. Balancing that with like band at school, I was always doing music. So it was writing songs and playing and doing shows you know as much as you can so we would play at several places around the south side and the other bands there was some there was a pretty strong ska environment at that time 2005 to like early 2010s that scene was strong there was a strong like emo kind of punk scene as well as uh this growing like math rock alternative type of vibe and so that's what we played oh we started out like my first my freshman year we would just take the songs that i wrote which were kind of like cheesy a bit (laughs) and just turn them into like full you know setup songs with like drum set and bass and, and electric guitar but then we started writing more we would always just refer to ourselves as like math rock so you have different meters and a lot of like strange um song like layouts it's not just like verse chorus verse chorus bridge chorus chorus yes yes (laughs) and yeah it was it was a crazy time it was awesome we played at the subterranean downtown in chicago we played at some other places got to have you heard of the band maps and atlases that is kind of a more famous local chicago band that we were heavily influenced by and so we got to open for them at one time and yeah it was it was great um so yeah I sang and I played trumpet actually in that band called Albatross (laughs) the name of it was Albatross (laughs) (laughs) and did you do recordings as well yeah yeah we had like kind of some early EPs and then one big album really came out of it called Bugs Birthday Gum, um, which is floating around somewhere on the internet, um, oh, yeah. which I can send you. And then, you know, some EPs after that. But I mean, it was it was only about five or six years of my life, but it was a lot of a lot of things happening in those five, six years. And since then, the local music scene there has just grown and grown and now people who I was playing with are off like having real music careers. There's a our drummer in the band, his name is Namdi Obanaya, and he's gone on to now he's playing like Pitchfork and doing all these crazy things and he's gonna be massively famous someday soon, I'm sure. Yeah, right. And you you continued uh, music all, all through that time. Was there a period of like burnout there? Because uh, I've had some other musicians come on and that have been in, in this sort of environment, and then they play music growing up, and then they get to a stage where it's like, ah, had enough. 
for you? Is it just been a whole continuation or has there been periods there where you're just like, I've had enough of music for a little while? I, I think I might be currently in that right. phase. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, nothing was stopping me in, in high school and college. I loved it and, you know, breathed it. Um, I actually was double majoring in music education as well as Spanish. So that was kind of nice because I would kind of get a break from the music majoring a little bit. I would have, you know, a Spanish class every semester. I went in 2013 and studied abroad in Spain for a semester and only did Spanish, like no music. And actually, I think during that semester, I found myself appreciating my music major more um, because I didn't have it at all for a semester. So, yeah, I I really didn't burn out um, with it. It wasn't music. It was the the grind of the career and the culture in Texas, which is where I I went after college to work. Yeah. So so you mentioned that. So like once you had four years in, in Houston, Texas, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what was that experience like? Houston is on like the eastern part. I mean, most of the big cities like San Antonio, Houston and Austin are kind of on the eastern part of Texas. Right. Um, and it, it is very hot. And, you know, that's one thing when you're you're doing marching band in July in Texas on a black pavement with 130 <laughs> kids marching outside. Oh, my gosh. It's just it was Again, like I, I loved it, but the thing with Texas and the thing with like America and American band is it's such a strong culture. It's, it's, it's something unlike anywhere else in the world. You don't really have that in like England or New Zealand or anywhere. Like there isn't that strong band culture, but in America it's life. And in Texas, it's even more life because they live and breathe football. And so (laughs) when you love football, you love band because you got to have the band there to play the songs and Uh, to do the halftime show. So that's why band is so massive in Texas, because they have all this funding. They have all this support because it's it's part of their their whole spiel. So what it came down to, though, is, you know, I was so lucky to get a job out there, but I was interviewing and interviewing left and right um, for four years, tried to get, you know, a a better job. And it's such an old boys club out there. It's all about who you know and, you know, which Texas university did you go to and do you know all the right people and how long have you been in Texas doing that? You know, they're so proud and exclusive you know, I was basically waiting for four years for my life to kind of go into like a slightly, you know, more exciting direction because I wanted to, I wanted to live in Austin. That's where the music is. That's where the live is, you know, all the great bands and you have South by Southwest in Austin. And, um, so every, every interview I took was for some sort of Austin area band teaching job, but I just, I wasn't able to actually get an offer. And after four years, I was kind of like, you know, 
I'm not going to waste the rest of my 20s That's right. trying yeah. to get a job that nobody will give me, even though I have an amazing resume. You know, like I had all the right all the right things. And my mentors are saying, you know, you there's nothing more you can do. You have everything that you need. You're a great teacher and, you know, you have this and this and this. I, w- I wasn't going to let, you know, that environment dictate what I was going to do with my life. And also at the same time, the stress of everything really got to me um, mentally and physically. And uh, I had always loved traveling with living in Spain and I had made sure to take trips, international trips every year since I lived in Spain. So I had been to Peru with my dad. I went to New Zealand to see the Shire and all the Lord of the Rings stuff. Come on. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah. So, t- tell, so tell us about living, living. You said you lived in Spain. What was that experience like? Yeah. Oh, it was, it was wonderful. It was the spring semester of 2013. Sevilla is beautiful. That was where I was at. I was in Sevilla, mm. which is in the Southern part of Spain called Andalusia. Yeah. So it's, it's warm there. Um, it's a very, it's a much more like traditional town versus, Madrid or you know even like Valencia or Barcelona it they're they're very like old-fashioned there and they're very proud of flamenco and like their food and drink and um their festival their spring festival called La Feria and Holy Week with Semana Santa and all the, the the floats they have these massive floats that they work on for weeks and they have like 20 men like carrying each float of like (laughs) like going down the street and like these crazy like you know jesus like scenes (laughs) like it's it's wild and the parades just go on all week like throughout the night oh gosh yeah i loved sevilla i loved it i loved speaking spanish all the time i really i really loved language learning then why did you come back then? Why didn't you sort of <laughs> pursue staying in Spain? I mean, that was college. I was very much still focused on um, being the world's greatest high school band director. Right. I, I'm uh, to be honest. The only reason I majored in Spanish was just because I wanted to like study abroad. I enj- I loved language, but it wasn't going to be my career. That I mean, the biggest reason besides travel as well is like I did mission trips because I went to a Catholic high school Mm. and we took a mission trip to Mexico my junior year and we like built houses for people and, you know, did yeah, like did things like hard labor um, and felt like we were really making a difference as well as like doing church services and stuff. But I had to use my Spanish, my limited high school Spanish, and it was useful. I was, the words that I knew were actually helping me communicate with these people and helping their lives. And that that just blew my mind at 16, 17 years old. I was like, wow, (laughs) language like helps the world. So I I thought, well, I'm going to keep traveling and I'm going to keep learning language. And so, yeah, I got the degree in Spanish. I really enjoyed being out there and you know since then now I'm studying Chinese 
Um, that was my next question. Don't ask. How, how is your Chinese? Uh, don't ask about it. I'm always, it's always so intimidating. Spanish is like so easy compared to to Chinese. Like it's just, yeah. I hear you. I hear you. I'm still on HSK1 at the moment. I've just started. Yeah. So um, I'm in the I mean, early stages. To be honest, I'm not even bothering with the HSK. I'm like, I don't know what I have to prove here. I yeah. just... I just want to be able to speak it. Yeah, me too. Me too. So, were there other other places that you sort of went to on the on these mission trips or like during vacations or? Mexico is the first time I left the country. Right. And then I didn't leave the country again until I studied abroad, and that that opened up my eyes to like, oh, I being abroad is amazing. Like being in a different time zone, like being in a different culture and having to use your language or having to figure out, you know, these people and try to understand their way of life was like, oh, this is, how are people not doing this? Like, you know, so many people I know just stay, have stayed in the South side of Chicago their whole life. Yes. Or wherever they are. And so I, I went around, you know, did, did like the whole like Europe thing when, you know, you're, a 22 year old studying abroad in Spain. So I made sure to like take trips to Italy and, um, and England. Oh gosh, where else? Portugal. Um, I did as much as I could, as much as my wallet could afford. (laughs) Um, and then after that, when I started working, I just made sure to go abroad every year. So, you know, the first year it was New Zealand. That was my first destination after I was a working adult. I was like, I need to go to the Shire. I need to see Mordor. I need to see all of this. <laughs> did, you, did you go to Australia as well? Or was it just New Zealand? I didn't make it to Australia. Being a teacher, you have, you know, well, okay, I'll, I'll say this. Being a, a high school band teacher in Texas, you have, like, no time off. Yeah. Because um, as soon as you get out for the summer, you are preparing for marching band. And you only have but two, three weeks. And then you're doing marching band. Right. Uh, so, you know, there's not really a summer break for, for band directors. So I would always go during the either fall, like week break around like Thanksgiving or um, the spring break. So I went back to Spain um, the next year because I wanted to see places that I hadn't been to while I was studying there. Mm-hmm. So I went and did like Barcelona and stuff because I just I didn't make it out there when I was studying there. Um, oh, Korea. And that was where that was that was what kind of tuned me into China or Asia. Uh, based. Um, yeah. I had a friend who was teaching English. And so in summer of 2017, I visited her for about two weeks. I went all over South Korea with her. A lot of it by myself as well. because She was teaching at the time. Uh, but um, we went to like Busan. We went to uh she lived out in Goksong. We went to Gwangju, of course, went to Seoul. Um, and then we ended the trip with the Boryang Mud Festival, mm. which I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's like this big thing they have in summer. It was summer when I went where this town, Boryang, they have like some sort of like magical like mud, like something in the in the mud there like is, you know, supposed to be great for your skin and great for your life. I don't know, but it's just a place <laughs> where a bunch of white people go and they get muddy and they take pictures. <laughs> but, 
you know, it was, it was really good fun, of course. Um, so yeah, it was, it was that trip that I was like, one, Asia is beautiful, um, and fascinating. And two, expat life is something that is really special because her friends were all so nice and so welcoming and they were just and you could tell they're all just very chill people like it it just it takes I think it takes a certain kind of person who is patient and open-minded enough to go live in a foreign country yeah and so when I saw the way that they were living and just their community and their friends and what they had built in such a short period of time I was like I want that yeah I want that so then was China the next the next move and why why China was it because of that whole you said it was all because of that uh, Korean experience but how was the move and then telling your family and then yeah, just tell us about all that all, all the decision to move to then uh, China China was it was definitely more of a necessity as far as like. I was looking for music jobs Mm. um, and music jobs are few and far between. Um, They're not nearly as common as English teaching jobs. And when I was looking at the kind of like money that I would be making or the living conditions in Japan or Korea, one, it's like impossible to get a music job in Japan. Like those are really highly coveted jobs. Um, what, why is that? Do you know? I don't know. Um, I don't know. I've got a friend who, well, two friends, they're a couple and they, they live out in, um, Okinawa and, uh, Cameron, the, my, my buddy from like college band, he plays French horn in the army band out there. Oh, wow. And then his wife, she we played trumpet in in college band together and all that. But she she's like a music librarian out there. Um, but yeah, I mean, so they they have the military music jobs. But there's you know they were telling me about the the jobs that I would be applying for, like you know high school teaching or even trying to teach on bass or something. And they are just they are really hard jobs to come by. There's not oh, a lot nice. of them, and people who get them will stay there for years. They just you know, so I, I, you know, I don't know what it is, but I, it wasn't looking like I was going to get a job in Japan or Korea. So I mainly focused on China. And when I kind of did the whole, like, you know, Googling and YouTubing, like life in Shanghai, life in Beijing, like I knew I wanted to be in a major city. I wanted to have like Western comforts. And so it was really Beijing versus Shanghai for me. Uh-huh. And I I had some job opportunities in both that were probably going to be offers. But um, from what I had read online, like it seemed like Shanghai was the place to live. Beijing was the place to visit, you know. Yes. So I took the Shanghai job and I'm so glad I did. I, I don't know how I lucked out in finding a city and like an expat community that really resonates with me. Yeah. Um, and and tell us you're uh, telling the family that you're moving to China. They were kind of used to it at that point. Oh, okay. <laughs> you just going all over the place. 
between me studying abroad and then always taking international trips, like even solo international trips. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I left home when I was 18. Like mm. I, I went to school to university 11 hours away, which, you know, that's massive. Oh, like, what? <laughs> yeah. It's a long way. You know, like I wouldn't come home from college unless it was Christmas, sometimes Thanksgiving, but that's, that was it. I didn't even come home in the summers. Um, because I, you know, I, I loved everything that I was always doing, like the next step. I just loved it. And so, and then I went out to Texas and so my family couldn't even drive the 11 hours at that point. They had to get on a plane to see me. Yeah, right. yeah. So I had always been far away. So it honestly wasn't that that big i mean my family was a little bit like china like, <laughs> of all places you had to pick a yes a communist country okay <laughs> i was like well my friend's in kuwait do you want me to go there like, <laughs> wow <laughs> yeah and, and first impressions of shanghai how, how was it for you to, to adapt in uh, the, the biggest populated city in the world that first year was definitely felt magical um i mean you know there was definitely a, a learning curve don't get me wrong actually i, I want to retract that statement and say the first two months were a little bit miserable <laughs> but after you get over that um yeah i i still i had a lot of big issues with like digestion too like struggles with ibs and so that was one of the big reasons why I decided to leave my band directing job is the stress was just like destroying my body. And so coming here, I knew I, I was hoping to find a work life balance that would allow my my body to heal and for me to like find just a, a better way of living. Um, and so I had to get over though those first like two months of like, what do I eat? Like, where do I go? What is Didi? Like, <laughs> I, oh my gosh, like, I didn't eat for the first like three days because I was living on campus out in oh. middle of nowhere, Pudong, like almost, almost at Disney was where my first oh, job yeah, right. was. At. Wow. And I lived on campus for the first month or two and there was nothing out there. Nothing. Yeah. So, I, I didn't know what to do when we first got there and the school was not that helpful. <laughs> So yeah, right. I, I was by myself in a in my in my room trying to figure out how to get a VPN to work and you know oh, yes. five. Um I brought my cats over with me. Oh wow. I've got two cats that I brought over from Houston. So yeah, it's but yeah, that first year after you get through that hump, um yeah. it was wonderful. I mean it was it was fall of two thousand two thousand 18. So Shanghai was bright and cheerful. There were so many people. Found was popping. You know, Zapata's was like one of the places to be. You had like German, um, like oh, Oktoberfest. You've got the music festivals, beer fest. Like, I mean, it's just drinking, 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 which is, <laughs> which is, is great so for, for a time. Wait, like you said, once you find those people, like the the open mics, the the trivia nights, then there's yeah. that's just ah, oh, you know, help me, yeah. you know, yeah. There's no shortage of things to do. I mm -hmm. I feel like I just went out and drank and partied like the first year, 
And then the second year I kind of found like, oh, here's open mic, here's trivia, here's, you know, battle so archery and ultimate Frisbee, you know, like all the other stuff. Um, <laughs> so, but yeah, it was, it was great. Pre-COVID Shanghai, man. And have you, have you seen a change in Shanghai since you've been here now? Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's, it's been, an, it's been almost four years since I've been here and I hmm. still feel like a newbie. Shanghai is a different city every few months, it seems like, but especially in times like these where clubs or restaurants that you've known for ages and that have been around for ages will like close and then new things will pop up. And, you know, that's that's one of the things that I love about Shanghai is there's always a million things to do on every night of the week. And, you know, there's a new place open but you have to call before you go some places because they might have closed down. Like, you know, yes, yes. you never know, which is, uh, you know, can be a bad thing, but it's it's also wonderful. And that's that's the cool thing that I like about Shanghai is that if you've got an idea or, or a business business plan or you can you've got so many opportunities and you can just try it. I don't. It's the I, land of opportunity out here, even for foreigners. You know, Shanghai is like the one place in China where I feel like foreigners are really embraced. You know, it's not easy to to get your own business visa and to, you know, just figure out a woofy and to do all these things. But you can do them and you can do them by yourself and uh, you can start your own business out here and see how it goes. You know, things are people are always starting businesses and shutting them down and trying something else. And, you know, it's. It's not that devastating to shut down a business and try something new. For some people, like you said before, that it's not for them. Mm-hmm. I, I can think of a ton of my friends that would never survive here. You've mm-hmm. got to be, you've got to be very strong-willed. But once you yeah. get through that tough phase, like you said, it, it starts to get a lot easier. Someone the musical. Uh, you said earlier that uh, you bumped into Ivan, uh, who, who we've had on the the, the show uh, last year, and he talked all about someone the musical. But you were a part of it as well. So tell us about how this all come about and uh, the experience that you had with it. Yeah, it's um, it's another really wonderful community of people that I'm glad that I've become a part of. Um, and it is, and it's lasted for so long. It kind of was unexpected. So I met Ivan at that very first, very open mic that I went to. I didn't perform. I was like too scared. I was just watching. (laughs) Um, and I had seen like a flyer or something that was like, come be a part of this musical where we're performing. And so I got in touch with Ivan just via WeChat and I was like, oh, he's really nice. Like, He's like really interested in, you know, what I like to sing and stuff. So I was like, okay, this is great. So I I go to the open mic. And as soon as like I walk in, Ivan and the people he was sitting with, who would be like my future, like co-stars or whatever you want to call it in um, this production, they were just like, hey, like Ivan told you about uh, or told told us about you and, and and come sit down and welcome. And I was like, wow, like these people are so nice. I'm here by myself. <laughs> this is great. Um, and I saw them sing uh, and perform one of the songs that didn't 
didn't end up making it into the final cut of what we put on, but um, they they were just electric up there yeah. on the stage singing at I think it was Lofas. Um, they were they were wonderful, and I was like, this is incredible. So I got involved and started going to. He had like open rehearsals. This is in the fall of 2019. So we would go to Cotton's, like the second floor of Cotton's, and write songs together, sing songs together. It was myself, um, Shelly, Toto, Richard, a lot of these people who aren't even in Shanghai anymore. And we were putting these songs together, and we decided to do this, like, showcase. Because Ivan's original idea of all these characters was so massive there's just so many stories to tell um so we decided to do like a little blurb of each each storyline which has now turned into the the drew story the hannah story the the um the lauren story like there's there's so many the logan story so we had a little bit of each and i was playing um drew's wife and drew's the one who becomes the rock star and then ends up being a really shitty father and (laughs) makes a lot of mistakes and stuff. So, um, yeah, so we put on two shows of that kind of amateur house type of musical medley um, in January 2020. And it was crazy. It was really cool. And people loved it. And uh, it seemed to really resonate with just, that type of storytelling about everyday people, everyday, you know, issues, as well as, you know, kind of the more exciting, like, oh, what would it be like to be a rock star and this, that kind of thing. But most of the stories are just about love and loss and and grief and, um, you know, LGBTQ, like, struggles and a lot of things that are really present, present in the Shanghai community. So that was awesome. And then COVID happened. Um, So everybody was split up, you know, uh, times were tough. So in the spring, they ended up doing the Hannah story. And I wasn't really a part of that storyline. And to be honest, it was such a crazy time for me and for Shanghai, just figuring out what is COVID and how do we live with it. So I, I wasn't a part of that production. And then I went to go see it at the Pearl. And it was awesome. And I was, were you at that one? August 2020, I think. Oh, no. Oh, maybe I didn't. I went to actually I went to the Lauren one. Oh, that that was the most recent one. That was the last one. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is this is still way back in uh, 2020. Yeah. So that was the first Pearl one. Um, The one we did in January 2020 was like in this like random like office work art space that we like rented out. It was really like really indie vibes it was very cool like we were performing for like 40 people crammed together like in the very small space so you know I'm singing and performing about like 10 not even 10 feet away from the audience you know it was it was it was a test of my my acting and composure um but uh yeah it was it was a little scary 
Um, but yeah, so I saw them at the Pearl doing Hannah's story and I was like, I can't believe they've got the Pearl. Like it's a yeah. big production now. This is wonderful. So we started putting together Drew's story mm. and, um, eventually ran it at the Pearl in March, 2021. And it was awesome. I, I again played Drew's wife. Um, so it was myself and the Drew character and the, um, is that oh Zach? Is it Zach? Uh, yeah, Zach Kefler. Zach, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, the, it was it was myself and Zach as the leads, and that I had never performed at the Pearl, so that was that was a little bit scary, but really, really cool. We did we did a Christmas show, and to be honest, that was when I was nervous because that was that was the first time getting up on stage and doing something. We did like um maybe it's cold outside for like christmas whatever um medley kind of stuff and then once we did the show in march it was a lot easier but yeah it was it was months of work it was a long haul but um worth it because the people that i've met through there um are going to be people that i'll know as long as i'm in shanghai like yeah. just really really great people and are you a part of the, the next one or you, you just you sort of stop doing that now? There there's a lot, a lot of stories going on. And to be honest, I I barely had time to do the <sighs> the um the one that I did in, right. in March 2021 because that's when I started Pops Gaming. Right. So I yeah, January 2021 was when I started that and it started slow. I was only doing one event a month, but still I was starting to get busy with all the things that I wanted to do with pops and all the planning. And so it was it was a relief when the musical was over for me because I needed time, you know, to do all of this among being a full-time teacher. Yes. Yeah, before we go back to the pops gaming, I want to ask a question. You, you've said it a couple of times now that you're a little nervous playing live. Has that always been something for you, for you? Like even when you were learning music, and how do you overcome that? When I do things like open mics and stuff, my my coping mechanism is usually to just talk to the audience and just be be my stupid self and just tell them that, that I'm nervous and tell them yeah. that you know you know it usually in the middle of playing songs when I do open mic I usually play guitar and sing because mm. I, I find myself way too awkward to just stand up and like hold a microphone I don't like it so I'd rather have the guitar in the way <laughs> um and you sh and I'm not that great at guitar so I'll often mess up chords I can't really do bar chords that well and so in the middle of the song, I often tell the audience or whoever's watching that I fucked something up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that's usually how I, I cope with all that. But um, yeah, but that's but it, that's but that's cool, but that's real. Yeah, that's, yeah. Hey, I'm nervous. I don't, I don't try to be. Yeah, I don't try to pretend to be. I'm something I'm not. <laughs> that's um, that's a, a very good I, trait. Well, thank you. Um, but yeah, the, the Pearl was a little nerve wracking, but by that time we had rehearsed it so much yes. that it was more like, I can't wait to get up here and like rock and roll it, you know, like yes. I, I was really, really excited to do, you know, especially like 
the one song that was, you know, just myself on stage singing this entire thing. It was, it was fun. And, you know, at that point we were, we were so rehearsed that I was just, I'm just ready to sit up here and knock it out of the park. And then you see people in the audience like crying because it's a emo- it was an emotional song. And, I, yeah. you know, ugh, wow. that's just like the best feeling in the world to know that like people are soaking up what you're doing and it's affecting them and, and they're wrapped up in the story. Like, oof, that's, I, I would love to do that again. And you got sure. some po- you got some positive feedback from the, the shows. Yeah, yeah, everybody loved it. We I think we put on like three, including like a kind of soft opening um, or open dress rehearsal, and it was wonderful. I could I could have done several more. It was it was a lot. It was months and months of work, and it's almost you kind of wish you could just do this show like a bunch <laughs> of times for all the work yeah. that you put in. But yeah, it was it was great. So let's get back to Pops Gaming. So just just a little bit of a brief of, of how that come about. And I want to pick some things out from, from this. Uh, I thought it was really cool that Pet and Play. <laughs> Who came up with this idea? It was uh, uh, one of your ideas. And tell us about this. Yes. So we we being like myself and my nerdy friends are always looking for different themes to do for the board games um and there are there are a lot of cat themed board games which me myself being a cat lover is awesome um I'm no complaints here so I I also I just I love animals and I love what the local Shanghai pet rescue places are doing um and so I got in touch with 11th hour I got in touch with Courtney from there and uh, she was really nice and she was excited to kind of link up with us and do an event together because I just I wanted a way to use what I've kind of built to try and give back, um, even if it's not a whole lot of money. At least it's something, you know, some awareness and some event where people can hopefully meet foster, you know, foster a dog or meet to adopt. Okay. So. Yeah, so we decided to put it together with like a, a pet event where you come and you can meet the dogs that are looking to be adopted, as well as play board games that are cat and dog and fish themed, like any sort of pet theme um, <laughs> we put together. And so it's almost like a like a menu for a meal. Like I like to put all the different games together that will hopefully create a nice theme and will attract people there. Unfortunately, that was one of the events that was like least attended. Really? Mostly, mostly I think because it was horribly rainy that day. Uh, and when it rains in Shanghai, people don't go anywhere. Isn't that something that, that's just in China? I mean, I don't know. Is it a, is it, is it a Chinese thing? Because I don't think that happen, ever happens in Australia. Like, yeah. And I've, not, I've noticed that as well. Like, if it's raining, They'll just cancel and just say, I'm just going to stay at home. Yeah. But yeah. the show's on tonight. It's yeah, like, it. like they, they might not be back for six months. No, it's raining. I don't want to go yeah. out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what? What? Like, you're just going to get in the DD anyway. You're not going to make it right? Get an umbrella. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, well, the queue for the DD is like about 50 cars in. So, you oh, know. well, yeah, that's true as well. But, yeah. <laughs> We were still, you know, through some people who 
even if they didn't come to the event, they sent me money to donate and stuff. So we were able to donate a portion of our entrance tickets along with like just flat donations that people gave us. Um, and I think we donated like around 700 quai, which is not a whole lot, but it was nice that, you know, Pops Gaming has only been around for about five months, you know, and it was nice to try to show like, we we love Shanghai, like we, yeah. we want to support things that we believe in. So, you know, getting pets off the streets and into loving homes is a huge, huge thing that I, I you know, I'm always looking out to help for. That's that's amazing that that you you're doing that and combining it with, with your company. I think that's an amazing idea. And I was lucky enough to travel China from all parts of all parts. Anyway, uh, I've seen some rural places that have these areas where they sell pets, oh. and and it is awful. It it is absolutely awful. And you know, you get the the dad bringing the the son or the daughter, and they just they don't think anything of it. And yeah. I I just had to turn away. Uh, there were some places there um, in Weifang in Shandong Province, and it's like it's heartbreaking. Very heartbreaking. Yeah, it's yeah. it's something I would like to see, if not China, at least Shanghai, try to do more of like catch and release, like spay and neuter, just so there's less less of these animals running around. And so, yeah, uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to make it through living abroad, especially lockdown or anything, without my cats. Yeah, <laughs> they are my best friends. <laughs> I think it's also very important as well that you donate yeah. to the Ukraine cause as well. That's yeah. really, really cool. And I really, really think uh, everybody else should help out if they can in any way. Yes. You had the link there in your face and your WeChat there. So yeah, it was a pet one. It was, it was, oh, it was a pet again, one. pets are like, oh. my heart just absolutely breaks. So it was uh, an organization that was trying to rescue pets who were being abandoned mm. and, and all the all the things happening with like cats and dogs out there so yeah i can't my my wallet will bleed for any any animal it's just i can't take it it's too much yeah, yeah. and and so getting back to uh, the pops gaming so is it every week once a week or how does it all work is it once a week is it once a month uh, how does it all work it's it's something that we've been figuring out. Um, like I said, we just started with the board games when we started, and it was once a month. Mm. So the first one was the sushi thing, and then February was the Chinese games for, like, Chinese New Year. March was Pi Day. I don't know if you know, like, 3.14 Pi Day. So we did, like, number games, and, right. yeah, it's super nerdy. And then it, it was in April when I started adding the video games and then the pub quizzes. And then over the summer, we started doing these RPG one shots. So with me being a full-time teacher, <laughs> I am just, I'm putting out as much content as I possibly can and trying to delegate as much as I can. So I basically, I program what I think would be fun based off of people's suggestions, based off of, you know, my volunteers thoughts. Um, and I put together different events for each month. So it's, it's almost every weekend. Again, this is like COVID time right now, but 
normally it's almost every weekend there's an event either you know a video game tournament either a uh, like Saturday um, RPG one shot event where people sign up ahead of time to be a part of a certain table and a certain adventure or a board game event um, or I usually do the pub quizzes on Thursday nights so that they don't like touch the weekend but um Oh, oh, sorry, Jill. Uh, yeah. Where, where are these events uh, happening in Shanghai? Um, so I kind of have settled on a couple of venues that have been pretty regular for us. So we do the pub quizzes at Mad Dragon, which is the second floor of Shanghai Brewery. Right. Um, I do the RPGs at uh, the tabletop role playing games at Agora Space, also known as like Coder Bunker. It's it's basically a flexible office space that has a bunch of private rooms, which is perfect oh. for sitting around and playing something like Dungeons and Dragons together because you need like kind of your own private space. So I, I have like six tables going on at once. I have like six game masters all like wearing the little pops game oh, masters and running the adventure for, for the adventurers. And then board games, I've recently been doing them at Boxing Cat on Pushing oh, yes. Shilu, which is nice. It's a big space. Um, it was absolutely packed for the birthday. Like, oh my gosh, there were like 80 people crammed in there playing board games. It was wild. So um, yeah, so video games we do at Bubba's, which is like in that area, like behind Rink, um, Bubba's Texas Barbecue. Oh, and they've, nice. got, they've got a big projector screen. So like you're watching people you know playing super smash on a massive screen and like all of bubba's is like cheering <laughs> like screaming it is so much fun when we did mario kart again this um this was a january people were like oh rainbow road what about <laughs> the blue shell like just screaming it was wild um so yeah those are kind of our regular venues and besides all those special events I do. I started since the summer, started doing a regular weekly meetup. So like a chill, uh, not like an admission type of event. You just come, you can pay 20 quid to like borrow my games. I bring a bunch of board games. I usually have a friend or two with me to help teach. So it's kind of like the board game events, but no theme, no pizzazz, just chill, come hang out, get some food, get a beer and will teach you like a game it's so but it's it's excuse me every week on Sundays so I, I started that over the summer I did Sundays and Wednesdays because yeah so that's been good that's that's been one of the things that's really grown the community that's great and that was I was going to ask like do you have to be able to know how to play the game or do you have, can you just turn off and just like learn as you go is that how most people do it it's it's pretty beginner friendly, yeah. Um, like any anything is able to be adapted to be either for beginners or for people who have a lot of experience with it. So like board games, for example, there's easy board games and then there's medium and then there's like complex board games, you know. So you can you can see when people show up and they're like, oh yeah, like. I've only really played like Monopoly. And it's like, <laughs> we'll find something like appropriate, you know, or, you yes. know, and it depends on what they want. You know, some people are like, I don't really play board games, but I want to try something mm. that's like, you know, a little bit more intense, you know, and even the video game tournaments, it's a tournament, but 
people will enter and they barely know how to play the game. And it's pretty funny watching them get their ass kicked. And they, they have a good time. Like, it's 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 a non-stress environment. So, What does the future hold for Julie and for Pop, Pops Gaming? Um, hopefully big things. I mean, the last few weeks has definitely shook me a little bit. Um, you know, it's a bummer having to put off events. You know, like, you know, we should have already had a few events that I've had to either postpone or just kind of like, you know, postpone indefinitely, really. Um, so we started doing the stuff online, which is great, which is something that I'll probably continue even when everything kind of clears up around here. But um, just as soon as we can be back in person, we're going to be kicking it into high gear with as, as many as events as we can do. And then once, you know, June and July hits and I am no longer um you know doing teaching stuff from you know 7 a.m to 5 p.m then i will have yeah i'll have all the time in the world to really pursue this um wholeheartedly and so i in in may or june i'll be applying for um a woofy for my own business license Mm and registering the business because right now it's it's basically just a club where you know my friends come and they pay me money and I give them stuff you know like yeah. Yeah. it's just a chill club um but I'll register it as a business this spring and then I will apply for my own work visa and as soon as that is sorted then I can you know hire some like a local or two to help staff things I can make agreements with different um, existing businesses, whether that be schools or or tutoring centers where I can hopefully do some kind of regular like Mm. board game clubs with kids, you know, because I mean, board games are amazing for learning English, for practicing social skills, for any any number of skills that you need to work on can be worked on through board games. So I'm going to be looking at creating kind of a regular like during the week um agreement with some schools where I do mm. some some board game clubs with with you know kids and yeah. then going hard on the weekends and on some weeknights with more events since I'll have more time to do the the planning and all that so interesting uh, what do you, what do you say to someone that is a little bit skeptical about coming to this or a little bit shy to come to your uh, a night out at, at pops gaming what do you say to them i would say that if i've been there a million times over um yeah i when i really started playing board games in shanghai i begged my friends to come with me and nobody would because they all thought it was too weird so i just went by myself and i'm so glad i did because the people that we have at our events, you know, it, it's not perfect, but I would say 90, 95% of people are absolutely so nice and so ready to teach, you know, a newbie a game. I mean, that's all of our events is half newbies, you know, people who don't really know how to play what we're playing or are new to the community. Yes. So, um, 
uh, you know, if anybody's a little nervous about coming out, I'd say connect with me because I will be there for you. And um, once you walk in the door, you know, all my helpers are there, plus everybody else who's just a regular. Um, yes. They're just they're they're ready for it. Sounds like a very, very good little community, little it team, is. crew that you got there. It is. I'm really Excellent. proud of it. And where, where can we find you? How, how do we get in contact with you? What's the best way in, in your social medias? So um, me personally, you know, I, I run everything through my WeChat. Like I, every every gamer is basically friends with me on WeChat. So, you know, a lot of the events – I need to sign people up and put them in like WeChat groups with like their game master or whatever. So Julie pops is my WeChat ID. Um, people randomly add me all the time. So that's totally acceptable. Um, and then as far as pops gaming, you know, we do have the WeChat group that if you friend me, I can add you to, but we also have the official like WeChat account. Um, which I should post on more, but I do as much as I can posting articles and, you know, advertising what's going on in the future. So you can follow that as well as Instagram, which is, you know, maybe not as popular in, in China, but um, it's something that I really enjoy posting pictures of events up there, posting pictures of games, doing, you know, what's going on in the stories. Um, so that one is at Pops Gaming SH for Shanghai. Okay. So, yeah. Sounds very, very good. And to finish off, I'd just like to do uh, a couple of quick questions just to sort of uh, get to know you a little bit better. First first question, tell us, uh, as of today, who are your top two or three favorite uh, bands? I Lately, I've been listening to a lot of the euphoria soundtrack which sounds weird um i don't know if you've watched euphoria on hbo but uh, oh my gosh it's an incredible show with zendaya on it about drug addiction and everything else um but the the soundtrack has some regular pop songs but also like a lot of great atmospheric stuff composed by labyrinth which is like an artist slash composer so i've been like listening to that randomly I've been into Ash Nico a lot lately. Yeah, Billie Eilish's like new album. Three, yeah. your top three favorite movies. The the Lord of the Rings trilogy is always gonna be like <laughs> the one like my my room. Like I I love fantasy things. I love like your Harry Potter, your right. your Lord of the Rings, your Star Wars stuff. Tell us your three games, favorite games. Okay. Of all time, as of oh, today. Also tough because there's so many great games. Terraforming Mars is always probably going to be one of my favorites. Um, it's one of the games that got me into competitive, like strategy, heavier strategy games. So I love it. Wingspan is such a classic, but I do like a good like. Ameritrash attack kind of game. Um, lately, I've been getting into this game called Unmatched. Who is your greatest inspiration slash hero and why? Shanghai, especially as a place to be, is so fast moving and you meet 
so many wonderful people and then they move somewhere else. Um, so I feel like I have been affected by so many people in short periods of time, which is a, a blessing and a curse, you know, because you just end up missing wonderful people your whole life because <laughs> they're there and then, you know, you travel, you whatever, and they're not there anymore. But um, I think throughout my whole life, um, my dad has always been somebody who has been, you know, somebody who I go to for advice and somebody who can make me feel better about stuff, but also like keep me grounded and, and keep me thinking, you know, thinking smartly and thinking realistically. So, yeah. Um, yeah, my dad. My dad's oh, my buddy. <laughs> sounds like a good way to finish it off. Thank you very much, Julie. I really like how what you're doing with uh, Pops Gaming. You're getting out there and you're giving it a try, and it's a passion. I can feel it. It's it's something that uh, I think more people will will get onto eventually, and I'm more than happy to promote anything that you have going in the next couple of months. All the best for the future, and uh, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thank you for having me. I hope everything gets better in Shanghai and everywhere soon. <laughs>